Hello and welcome back to Play Me Out, the podcast about sadness and the songs that get you through it. As always, I'm your host, Henry Russell Stoddard. Before we get to the interview this week, I just want to give a few plugs. If you're one of our Seattle listeners and you want to come see me do stand-up, be sure to check out the Fremont Troll Farm every Friday at Attaball in Fremont. It's at 7 p.m. in a free show, always worth your money. Also, if you haven't had a moment to like and subscribe to our podcast, go ahead and do that. And while you're at it, throw us a five-star review and tell your friends, maybe even your mom or your babysitter. Anything helps. With all that said, it's time to get to our interview this week, where I sit down with Andrew Merklinghouse, who just happens to be a co-producer of the Fremont Troll Farm, the very show I just got done promoting, as well as the host of the weekly podcast, Kings of Democracy, which is well worth your time if you're a fan of history and comedy. With all that said, enough with the plugs. Let's go now to the interview I just had with Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, that's how I start my podcast, is I always just riff into everything, because yeah. it's fun, because it's like, oh, we're having a normal human conversation, because mm-hmm. we're a friend replacement. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> it's so rough when you realize that about yeah, podcasts. That's what podcasts are for, is they're friend replacement. <laughs> yeah. That's how you market them. I mean, not necessarily friend replacement, but they're friends that you don't know. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, it's all about, like, chemistry and banter and yeah. all that stuff. It's, yeah. It I doesn't do- matter what you... That's why, like... That's why 95% of podcasts are terrible is that 95% of human beings are incapable (laughs) of having chemistry with another person. God damn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, I've always said that like good podcasts should feel like you're hanging out with friends or yeah. like, th- and that's just kind of basically what it is. Or even just other friends hanging out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's why Joe Rogan's podcast is wildly successful, despite the fact that he's completely full of shit about everything. I just won't go anywhere near the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, yeah. I do also feel like, in part, because I think I am very... uh, I'm not dumb, but I'm very easily (laughs) influenced. I'd be like... Well, he's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did see. I listened to one episode of the Joe Rogan podcast, and it was Mel Gibson explaining <laughs> how he changed his mind about stem cells. Because he was like, I went to this Peruvian stem cell clinic, and they fixed a, a shoulder that I had hurt doing stunts for Braveheart. <laughs> oh, God. And it was like, that, what uh, was his stance on Judaism? Still about the same? They didn't bring it up. <laughs> there were no mentions of the goyishness or Hebrewosity of the stem cells in particular, but. Um, <laughs> Mr. Gibson has made his opinions quite well known. Yeah, yeah, on tape. Which I do times. love that whole thing about he was he said Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world uh-huh. during a DUI arrest. Yeah. Which, how does that even, <laughs> How does that come up how, during yeah, a DUI? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He like the, what was it? the other thing was like he was like he called like the arresting officer. He was like, "Nice tits, sugar tits." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then he was like, "And that Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world." <laughs> that is like. What would you speculate the blood alcohol on that was? Like a point three two? That's got to be pretty high. Yeah. That's got to be pretty fucking high for you to bring up Jews causing all the wars oh in the world. Oh, my God. Well, I, sh- I <laughs> wonder, though. a quick intro before yeah, we get any yeah. quick further in this. Uh, See, that's why we got to have dash cams so we can get the context. <laughs> well, shit. Uh, today in the studio, I'm sitting down with none other than Mr. Uh, Andrew Merklinghouse. Yep. I'm podcasting under my government name now. Hell yeah. Back I actually up. meant to ask you that before. <laughs> I've seen some waffling back and forth lately, but I like I'm, it. I'm, 
But shit, thanks for coming by the studio. Today. It's very close to my house. <laughs> Hell yeah. And it happens to be my house. Yeah. <laughs> and I am unemployed. Hell yeah. I have lots of free time. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Well, shit, man. So kind of a little bit of, uh, I guess, background on you. How do you typically get sad? What's your sad like? Well, I, I picked this, these particular songs... Uh-huh. These are not like uh, these are songs that are very closely linked to a specific place in time in my life. Good, that's always yeah, the best yeah, ones. Yeah. I um, I don't know. I listened to a few episodes of this podcast getting ready for it. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if they'll be available for download or whatever. But I was like, I don't know. I I, I kind of didn't want to go abstract with it because mm-hmm. I'm a pretty like happy-go-lucky person like when i typically get sad i'm just like yep i'm sad what are you gonna do you know so these were songs that were just sort of like directly linked to a specific time in my life that was just a wild fucking bummer (laughs) uh just just which part of your 20s would that be referring this would so the the uh this would be right after I graduated from college. Okay. So this was like 2013. All yeah. right. Were you still up in Western? Or no, were you no, doing no, no. Stuff. My first, <laughs> this was actually, so my first year of college was just an unbelievable wild bummer, but it was, it was just more like weird than mm-hmm. sad. I was just like, Oh shit. I'm actually not the smartest person I know. And no one wants to be my friend in college. So I'll just do a lot of drugs. That'll, that'll, you know, impress, that'll impress women if I'm really drunk all the time. (laughs) And then I kind of got my life together for like three years of college. It was all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was decent. But then I got out of college in 2011 Mm -hmm. and it was the shit brick of the recession. I had no job skills. I still have no job skills, (laughs) but now I I have, yeah, (laughs) now I have like a resume of no job skills so i was just unemployed for a while i lived on the floor of a nursery in a church and i just was, was like this in like germany or no something? this is here in seattle Whoa. yeah i knew a guy who was the caretaker of the that big baptist church up on capitol hill and i was oh, like i'm on gonna, broadway yeah, yeah no down from broadway down from broadway okay. it's kind of i don't even know what it's near semantics yeah yeah, yeah. but um <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to move out of my parents' house and make it on my own. And I was like sleeping on the floor of this, like this nursery of this church. I had to be out every day by nine. Babies in it. No, no, no. Because it's not Sunday. I just couldn't be there on Sunday mornings. So then I just spent like the better part of a year, Mm -hmm. like being like, okay, well now I'm going to be friends with people in Seattle again. And like (laughs) all of my friends either still in college or living Mm -hmm. in other places and just like this gross like rebuilding of my life yeah and then like right when it kind of started to get back together i uh, a bunch of just bad crap happened in a row which mm-hmm. i can sort of explain through the i guess these Fuck songs yeah. you know so it. yeah let's hit it up your first uh, okay song. should yeah, we play the song, song first or what do we, we do we play it and talk over it a little bit you you know Tell me you well, here, the here's the here's the it. further background for yeah. it is I was I got a job working at um, a summer camp okay. and well, I got to go take it a little further back. than that. <laughs> um, I'm originally from like Shoreline, Washington, which is the one suburb north of Seattle. Uh-huh. Right. It's 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 just a generic suburb. Yeah. And I was living out there. And when I came back from college, I sort of like reconnected with like my base of like friends mm-hmm. from college or from high school kind oh, of era. Yeah. So that was kind of weird because it was like they were all like three years younger than two, two or three years younger than me and like doing mm-hmm. what they had been doing. Sure. And so it was very good. I only made friends with this group of people because they were 16 and I was 
was 18 so I could buy him cigarettes. And then we actually ended up being friends. <laughs> that wouldn't even work anymore. Yeah, I know. 21. I know. What would you have done for friends? I would have had different friends, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, you know, and it was kind of, you know, it was the recession. And then yeah. it was also like the beginning of the opioid crisis before mm-hmm. there was like a word for it back when it was just like Jim's on heroin. <laughs> yeah. He's was, our heroin. Friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there was just this like really weird, slow trickle of like people I knew starting to do heroin. Oh. And then the summer after I graduated from college, they started mm-hmm. dying. And so one of my really good friends, a guy named Luke died the summer, the summer I was working at a summer camp uh-huh. And he OD'd, and it was just a huge fucking shock. Shit. It was just really, yeah. It while was, you were at camp? While I was working at this oh. summer camp. And it was crazy, because I loved working at the summer camp. And it was just this huge, like, high to low, mm-hmm. like, immediately. And then, so the, the reason why this first song, I, I picked it, the reason why it was, so I immediately left the country. Uh-huh. I had been working on going to teach English overseas for a while. Um, I had a, a, a one of my friends who actually knew Luke. His brother taught English uh-huh. in Turkey. And shout out to Ian Ackerman, who was kind enough to let me sleep on his couch for a month <laughs> and a half when a grief-stricken crypto literate idiot <laughs> like me showed up in Istanbul with no... I had money, but like yeah. I had like 1,700 lira. <laughs> and like, How I had much like, is that? It's like a thousand bucks. Okay, that's I had like, still, but like, I'm yeah. moving to across yeah. the world. <laughs> that's fair. I had fair, no fair, return fair. ticket. I had no. I didn't speak Ooh. the language, and I just showed up. I didn't know anyone except for him. There? Yeah, I had a okay, job lined right. up, but I was immediately fired. I worked two uh, days, and I was immediately fired. And I conned my way back into a job. I just, same place. Yeah, I went to a different branch of the same chain <laughs> school, and I just applied, and they hired me again. But I was living out in like the SeaTac of Istanbul. Like it's literally where like the airport is. <laughs> okay. If you're not listening from Seattle, like, you know, the part of town where the airport is, yeah. it's always like outside the cultural orbit of the city. There's maybe a movie theater out there. Yeah. Or something, yeah. Or yeah. Some sort of other, yeah. a couple of like chain uh-huh. stores or whatever. Yeah. And it's yeah. something for people to do while they're like laid over in a hotel. By yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, so, yeah, that's where I was living. Mm-hmm. And I, was very much into the whole like I'm a stranger in a strange land yeah. because I actually did not intend on coming back for to America for a while. I uh-huh. was just like, there's no jobs in America. I can't get work. Yeah. I, this is the like I was literally like, so I was listening to a lot of I was listening to the Pogues a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. the Pogues. Yeah, the only other song I thought of putting in this was Thousands Are Sailing. Okay, uh, which is kind of a similar vibe to a song because I was like, I'm an American immigrant. <laughs> Um, but uh, this song, I'm going to start playing it, yeah. right? Because this is for Denial, yeah, right? Yeah, Denial. Yeah. So it's Boots of Spanish Leather by Bob Dylan. Is mm-hmm. this loud enough that people can hear it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sailing away. Yeah. So, and I saw I had this the huge hots on this chick who is still back in America. Okay. So I, that's I'm like, I was kind of like romanticizing my own morning. life. Yeah. And it was this really weird, like, diversion Here's from the fact that, like, one of my really good friends had just fucking yeah. died. And I, I left town two weeks later. I literally missed the funeral. I had, Jeez. yeah, because I had a non refundable ticket. Yeah. So I was just like, I have to go. Whoa. You know, and I, 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 I recognized in retrospect that that was a little avoidant of me. Yeah. You know, so I was just like, I just want to cut ties with all this. Like, I'm just gone. You know, you know, just turn it. Like, I was, it was very weird. Absolutely wild. Do you think that part of the, like, 
having the hots for the chick it's back home was also kind of avoidance of the. Well, no, that was just that, that, was, just, that was just me having the hots on this girl. But it was this kind of like romanticization, yeah, that, that like really kind of helped. Uh-huh. Where I was like, I'm this poor Irish immigrant living in this shithole, trying to make a life for myself, dreaming of my lady back home. Yeah. Oh God. You know, the lover far away is such an easy thing to romanticize. Yeah. Just, and yeah. that was like this big distraction from the fact that like literally like one of my really good friends, a guy I had been friends with for years during like a really crucial phase of my life just fucking up and died on me and then and then I was like I was living in Turkey and like you know if you ever like had someone close to you die you see that person Mm -hmm. you're like oh shit you like you see people that look like them and you're like that's them dude no I saw that yesterday like uh, someone that we both know that died uh, in the scene yeah yeah and I was just like whoa is that her yeah no yeah yeah Yeah. you just get that and like that was happening to me like in Turkey you know, you know, just kind of, I would just kind of see like someone who was generally fat in the same way as him and being like, oh shit, that's, oh wait, no, it's not. And then while that was going on, there was this like slow trickle of like other guys who I like casually knew just dying off. And it just formed this like really weird, gross drumbeat that went on for years. And I was just like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Do you feel like it made it hard for you to connect with people? Because you like were like, People around me die. Well, it really kind of segregated my life because I was like a very weird, gross teenager. Uh And very late when I was in high school, I had sort of been able to make friends with people for the first time. And then I immediately went off to college and repeated the whole process. And I just sort of segregated my worlds where I was like, you know, I was because I was living with my parents in Shoreline before I went to Turkey and all this stuff. And I developed this huge chip on my shoulder because I was like, I'm this kind of like gross loser kid from the suburb. Like I'm some fucking townie, but I also have like a college education and shit. Mm -hmm. And so I became incredibly defensive about like around my college friends about shit because they were all getting like nicer jobs and shit going on and getting laid and being cool. And I was like, fuck you. You're not in the shit. You're not fucking, you know, slogging through it. And then I would be hanging out with my suburbs friends, and I'd be like, you guys are gross fucking townie losers. You just aren't getting shit together. Oh, God, and it's always hard hanging out sometimes with guys from high school. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're and still I didn't doing have, that, guys? And Come I didn't on. have a choice because it was the shit dick of the recession. I had nowhere else to go other than just live at home. It took me like three months to find a part-time job that was not paying. I could, like, I, I for like a like couple feasibly of, live off yeah, of that it. I could feasibly live off of. And so I was just, and it was it was just this really weird thing where, you know, because I was making plans to go overseas. Mm-hmm. I had friends who were, you know, I'd go to like my friend's shows or, you know, yeah. they'd be getting houses and getting married and going to that stuff. Yeah. And then just watching the people I grew up with just fucking die, you know, and then you just were kind of, so like when I went overseas, I was just sort of like, oh, new person, new, like, because I had never really, I'd never changed schools the whole time I was in public school, and then when I got to college, I really didn't nail the like, I can be a new person thing, I didn't really fully understand that, but I got to Turkey, and I was like, new person, new person, like that was actually the first time I started going by my real name in years, was, yeah, because, real full name or real first name? So my real first name. What, yeah. were, you, what were you going so by? So everyone had called me Merck since high school. Like, because oh. my last name's Merklinghouse. I have, yes, people yeah. call me Stodd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, it was like the fun nickname. Yeah. And I would always introduce myself to, to people as that. Merck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as Merck. And so for years, that's who I was. Yeah. And then I went overseas and I was like, I'm Andrew now. It was this kind of oh. like, that's why it was kind of my denial song is I oh, was yeah. just like, no, oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, it's going to autoplay. 
I was just like, oh, new person, new person, yeah. just calling it. Like, I'm, you know, and, and like, and it was kind of weird how like far it extended. Like, I would just make bullshit up about mm-hmm. like, because I was like, I was in Turkey. So like, I would just like tell students that like, yeah, I was in the army or whatever. <laughs> or like, I'm married and have kids back in America. Like just, because yeah. it was, it was this weird like. I don't know if, if, you know, if anyone out there ever listening, if like you've ever just like been at a party and you don't know anyone uh-huh. and you're never going to run into anyone no, again. Did, we used to yeah. do that at music festivals where me yeah. and my buddy would have music festival identities where he was like Linus Carne and I was yeah. Remy Jean Doe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. And yeah, you're like you're just it's that thing where you're just like you're at a party. I don't know anyone. I'm never coming. You're, uh-huh. You know, you you visit your friend in like Baltimore and you're yep. like. I'm never going to see any of these people again. Yeah, I'm in dental just school. Just that light sociopathic uh, yeah. behavior, it's you just, know? It was just kind of fun to do. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, I was when I was in Turkey, that was, like, the only time in my life I've ever had a drinking problem. Yeah. Because, like, so, like, part of the whole thing is I wanted to go do that whole, like, oh, I'm cool, American, living abroad, mm-hmm. having a good time. Drinking and then the whiskey drink or yeah. what? Yeah. And yeah, there yeah. were a bunch of other, like, cool American expats who were, like, really well-traveled. But when yeah. I got fired and was, like, sent to the, the suburbs, yeah. I was working seven days a week. Like I had no Ooh. days off. Yeah. My days off. I only worked four four hours that day. And like, there's no bars out in like, like, cause Turkey is a Muslim country. So like the westernized city core where all the cool kids were working had yeah. bars and like nightclubs and shit. And everyone okay. was out, out else was going out having a good time. But you and I was just uh, sitting there. So I, I got, uh, I just would drink a whole bunch after work. Yep. And it was, I, I drank a lot of Ephes, which is like Turkish Budweiser. <laughs> and it's really expensive. And they sell leaders of beer okay and like, if that's you, like those russian beers yeah seen, yeah like yeah Balta they sell yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, like yeah, that kind Balta, of shit yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and if you and then also i discovered they sold two liters of beer like plastic two <laughs> liters of beer which is the most alcoholic feeling <laughs> thing you will ever do in your fucking life yeah i don't need to be able to reseal this yeah 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 you're just <laughs> drinking two, two and you're down. just so like burpy and gassy yeah. and gross and stuff like that and it was just this real and it was super weird because like you're living overseas and you're just like, I literally don't speak the language of anyone. Like yeah. I can't watch the news. You didn't pick any up on I, I picked you, some up, yeah. but it's like the level of fluency you need. I was just nowhere near. So it's like, I couldn't watch the news. You know, you like, you can't go out with people. You couldn't like meet people and make wild. friends. So it was just this wildly isolating yeah. time. So it was this very much like turn inward kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like it would either be like a bunch of expats who all spoke English and were like, we're doing it. And it's like, no, you're you're not because you guys are yeah. just only hanging out with well, the people you can talk that's to. That's what I wanted to do, but yeah. I was like immediately removed from those oh. people. So I was living in like, I don't know if any of anyone here has ever like act like lived overseas or whatever, but like mm-hmm. if you've ever if you've ever like gone on vacation to a foreign city and you're like, there's one weird destination you want to see yep. and you take the bus out of like the touristy downtown or even the historic areas. Mm-hmm. And you're just in like, yep, this is the parts of Mexico city where people live, you know, like yeah. if you just play, like that's where I live. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I'm in a city of 60 million people. Like, oh yeah. And this is just a totally anonymous. This is like the, this uh, is like the shoreline, the sea tag yeah. of, of, of Istanbul. That's right. And so, yeah, that's where I was kind of living. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, yeah, I was just like, fuck it. Like, I could just tell people my I, my name is anything. I can just be you know, like, I'm just going to fucking forget about it. What were this. some of the names you went with? Do you remember? I didn't, I, no, I didn't actually <laughs> change my name, but it was this weird kind yeah. of like, like denial of my own existence. Okay. Where I was like, I can just be invisible here, you know? And yeah. it was just, it, it was just like, and I was also like, 
I, it was because my, you know, like, cause I went out there and I was immediately fired and I was yeah. immediately like on the verge of homelessness and like Fuck. being like a shitty house guest. Yeah. And I was just like, I have all of these new problems. And this literally happened two weeks after my friend died. Too, yeah, so fucking exactly. scary. Yeah. And I was just like, well, what are you gonna do? And, but it was such a relief to have like deal withable problems. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, hey, my like, like my, fr- like one of my best friends just fucking died of a heroin overdose. Mm-hmm. But you know, what will distract me from that is worrying about my immigration status, <laughs> not having a job or yeah. a bed to sleep in. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I never yeah. didn't have a bed to sleep. And there was only, there was like a month where like I stayed with, the, Ian Ackerman, good friend, shout out again. <laughs> uh, I stayed with him for like a month, and the last like now it was like six weeks, and the last like yeah. three weeks I was like overstaying the shit out of sure. my welcome. But I don't know. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, I am overstaying my welcome, but if I don't annoy this guy, yeah. it's gonna be bad. Yeah. You know, well, and like, that's too the thing where like I uh, I definitely have been in that situation. Yeah, but like they'll annoy you. You, you will annoy them, but as long as. Uh, if they're a good it's friend, a manageable it's annoyance. And well, this you will was, be friends we were not friends again. before oh. this. This was it was my very good friend's brother. Oh, so this was kind of a double imposition. Uh, but I, I've, I, I've bet actually, he, I bet he wasn't even mad at you. He was just pissed at his brother. Yeah, he was like, "You got to stop <laughs> sending me dipshits." Me? Yeah, stop sending these guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually a, a while or back a while uh, in my my comedy career, I wrote mm-hmm. a little song called "Thank You for Letting Me Sleep on Your Couch," <laughs> and it was just this song about being a lonesome cowboy. And then it kind of <laughs> ended with this like, "Hey Jude." Sha na na yeah. style like outro yep. where I just listed all of the names of people <laughs> who had let me sleep on my couch for years and my big dream is that when I broke big and was doing the whole uh, Bo Burnham multimedia sure, music comedy sure. thing I would close with that yeah. as like a, a genuine thank you uh, but yeah but so I mean I, I am you know as 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 a um, a person of great talent and little skill I am <laughs> Always dependent on the kindness of strangers. Very uh, true. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. But while I while I was in Turkey, I uh, I got accepted in this program called the uh, California Conservation Corps Backcountry Trails Program, the sure. CCCBCTP. Uh, <laughs> of course, we yeah. all know the yeah, CCCBCTP. Yeah. TPB. So basically, it was this weird year in my life where my friend died. Like a week later, I was over in fucking Turkey. Greenland going to Turkey. And then I came back to Seattle for like a week. And then uh-huh. I got on another plane and went to Sacramento. And then this program just located you in a national park. And I was living like 20 miles from the nearest road. Mm-hmm. It's like 20 miles from the nearest road, deep in the back country doing trail work yeah. out there. And so um, I'll just, I'll just move on to the next song. Yeah, here. Fucking hit me with your um, anger song. And when I came back for a week, there was this like you it was like I was back in town for like a week and I kind of wanted to avoid everybody yeah. like I wanted to avoid everyone I was kind of like avoiding all of these haunts and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, I just was like you kind of started to get angry because it was right around that time when like the phrase heroin crisis opioid uh-huh. crisis was becoming a phrase and then it was like that made you really angry because it was just this like helplessness in yeah. face of this like because I don't know if, if anyone out there has ever known someone who's in the face of like not just an addiction yeah but like the phase of addiction where they're still like no doing heroin rules yeah it's insane Ugh. it is in fucking yeah. insane like dude like a, a guy I know stole my mother's wedding ring 
What? Yeah, he was in my house for like 30 minutes. We were like literally stopping by. We were like, I didn't even know he was on fucking heroin That's at the time. No, yeah, yeah and, they, and they like can, they, well, people hide it. Yeah, yeah, people can be very good at hiding. Yeah, it. and, and it's like, it, yeah, yeah, Ooh. we like we were like gonna go out drinking, and he was uh, like, I, I was like, hey, I'm gonna stop by my house and like get a change of clothes, and he was yeah. like, can I come in and use the bathroom? And then my mom came back and was like, my fucking wedding ring is missing out of my jewelry box, and I was just like, what, what? the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, I mean, it was just like these guys that you had kind of like known in the background forever, yeah. who were just like kicking in people's doors and like mugging people Fucking and like wild. just getting these crazy charges. Yeah, and like you just got like really angry at like because there was also this thing where it was like because the same guys who were selling heroin were the same. It was the weed man. It was the weed yeah. man who was just still the weed man. The yeah. guy, the weed man, was taking it seriously, and you just got angry at like. I just got very angry at like drugs as like an abstract concept. Sure. You know, which is hypocritical. Because I was like smoking a lot of pot and like drinking a lot. Yeah. But like, you know, there was this whole like, there was this big turn moment that I saw when, oh, there's the applause right there. Yeah. When, uh, which I'm sure someone like Neil Young can relate to, where it's like, oh, hey, we're young and we're having fun. Yeah. And then like something shows up where like half of the people are like, no, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. And then the other half of people are like, we're going to keep doing this shit. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was just like, because I remember I went back for a week and I, I went to a party. And there's a picture of me sitting on a couch with two guys that I knew. And uh -huh. then there's another guy who, like, literally his hand is just in the photo. It's like a Polaroid. And he was, like, walking out of yeah. frame. And there's, like, four people in the picture. And uh -huh. I'm the only one still alive. Whoa. Yeah. 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 Like, that I'm. Yeah. It's, and, like, I wasn't, you know, the, the only person I knew from this who died was, mm -hmm. was my, my friend Luke, who I was really good friends sure. with. Everyone yeah. else was kind of, like, a background character. But it was just this wild time yeah. and you just got really angry because it was like because you was just like what are you gonna do yeah you know like you just get angry there's like, no listening to reason yeah, at a certain yeah. point like yeah. i remember i in college i had a friend who we he had like a really bad heroin problem that none of us knew about yeah but like i saw him smoke opium one time and yeah. he was just like don't be weird about it. And yeah. I was like, Ugh, dude, that whole opium thing drove me fucking crazy. Yeah. Cause there were dudes like I knew when I was in college who were like, we're doing opium. And I was like, you're doing fucking heroin. It's heroin. There's yeah. no such thing as opium. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, uh, what is it? I, I read about this is cause it's uh fucking, uh, opium is a, it's a, you, you get, you take opium and you turn it to morphine and you turn it to heroin. There's like a distillation process yeah. basically. So no one who has access to industrial amounts of heroin poppies is yeah. going to make like heroin light yeah. for the, so that like cool kids can be like kind of high. Yeah. yeah. It just stomped on heroin. If you ever smoked opium or you're currently smoking opium, you're smoking fucking, it's a different brand name of heroin. Yeah. yeah well, that's, I mean, that's like ecstasy and Molly at a certain point where like, yeah, Ecstasy just got bad branding because exactly. we're cutting it so hard. Yeah, it's like Molly is it. It's ecstasy. It's the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> and also it, that's also one of the things that is is wildly true is that people will admit to a wide variety of sins, but no one will admit to uh, having bad drugs. Mm -hmm. Like every person I know who does coke is like, yeah, I have the plug on good coke, yeah, or I have the plug on good MDMA yes. or whatever, which is always a joke because you do not have access to good coke or good MDMA. <laughs> You don't like no. yeah. It's it's. I remember when I was in. I feel like you have to be in the game hard to know. Yeah, even. yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I uh, I remember when I was in college. There was this buddy of mine who he would always brag about how he had like the best MDMA, and he'd always be like hitting on chicks by being like, "Yeah, I got the best MDMA." Oh, cool. And we dude. we were hanging out with this one guy. We were just hanging out once, and they were all doing it. And then this guy did a line, and he was just like, "This is meth." 
<laughs> and they were like, what do you mean? It was like, I was a meth head for 10 years. This is just pure meth. This is just, oh. you guys have just been doing, your your plug is just pure meth. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and, and there was this, Fuck. yeah. And I kind of just got very angry at like the whole like very permissive culture. Like we're mm-hmm. cool. Like that's why I, to this day, I always hate songs about like we're young and party and like there's no tomorrow. And it's like, guess what, dipshit? Tomorrow <laughs> is fucking coming and rent's due on the first. Uh-huh. And there's a certain point where being a fucking heroin addict is stopped yeah. being fucking cute. Your where body be- will shut down by 30. Yeah, yeah. It's such a 25. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah it, it it was like they it was like a very quick turn yeah. where you you saw people go from being like casually doing this mm-hmm. to this is what they do all the time to they're addicted to the like I will probably have seizure possibly fatal seizures Whoa. in like I mean this took like a year yeah you know for this all to sweep through God damn. and so yeah you just came back and you got very kind of mad about everything. Yeah. Well, shit, um, I want to call out that song real quick. I don't think we mentioned it. It said Neil Young, but it, it's Neil the Young. needle damage done. Needle and the damage there done, it yeah. Is. Which was kind of this very cliche. That's the reason, you know, looping back around. I had this very cliched reaction mm-hmm. to this, which was like my anger took the form of just this kind of like, man, society's dumb kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And like, I know Neil Young wrote that song because like someone in his band died of like a heroin overdose. I didn't realize it was about heroin until like an hour ago yeah, listening yeah. to it. <laughs> But but there's like this whole thing in that song. Like one of the things that always struck me about this song is the kind of like bored casual tone he mm-hmm. sings it in, where he's just sort of like, yeah, this is just life. It's yeah. just like you know, like you know, how, you know how like when you're alive and you have friends, and like some of them, you know, like quit music because they have babies or get better jobs, and some of them just <laughs> die quit. of heroin overdoses. They quit life because of heroin. Yeah, and so yeah, that was just kind of my like generic bored reaction to it. Uh, in that in that lull in between when I when I kind of got back from Turkey to to when I started yeah. when I when I went into the National Park Service. And then what's the third step we're talking about? Bargaining. Bargaining. Uh, wait, which one was bargaining? Oh no, yeah, I can. Yeah, it's the next one. Right here. Next so yeah, so yeah, looping back. So when I went into the California Conservation Corps Backcountry yes. Trails program, that was like that was that was probably like the most single most best important I ever decision I ever made in my life. Yeah, like um, it, it was just this great program. I made really good money for the time. It was a super great adventure, and I met a lot of really great people. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the guys that I met working in there was this guy named Jeff, and Jeff came from a very similar background from me mm-hmm. not like you know all all my friends are dead territory <laughs> but um you know and then that's that's not me either yes. I'm, I'm just you know at, at the time that's what it felt it was like yeah. all my acquaintances you don't are dead. have a lot of life under your belt at that point yeah so yeah. any trauma you have felt feels yeah. even bigger to the point where you're like oh yeah, a lot of other people have had similar traumas. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, whenever, whenever some, when you're young and something happens to you the first time, you're, you're like, you're, you're sort of an emotional Christopher uh-huh. Columbus, where you're like, <laughs> I am the first person to feel sadness. Also, yeah. I'm actually a horrible person in history, <laughs> and, and and I wasn't that kind of extreme. No. Like my reaction to this was much more just like shutting down. Like yeah. I like I came when I came back, I actively avoided all my friends, and they kind of mm-hmm. got mad at me, and I was just like, all all my friends who weren't like heroin addicts, yeah. you know, and I was just like, I I just kind of want to like be around other people you know yeah. like i just don't want to see you guys yeah you know like it was just, just too hard to yeah face. and it was yeah. yeah it was just like i don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. you know like i don't want to fucking be a fucking shoreline townie you know yeah. and, and, and like i you know i'm trying to i'm trying to be one of the cool hip people but when i when i was in the california core i started hanging out with this guy named jeff who was in there and so this is a song it's a cover of uh sweet talking woman by elo yep. by this band called five iron frenzy not and very well acquainted with yeah, them, Five Iron Frenzy. they seem to be well-liked. Five Iron Frenzy is a, a huge cult band, 
But the problem is they're a cult band with the wrong demographic. So, like, you know how, like, you read a book about music and they always talk about the Riot Girl? Like, it was this huge movement that was really important. Yeah. And like, that was a niche movement of yes. very local bands that was important to, like, themes that music critics feel are important. Yeah. So Five Iron Frenzy was this weird Christian ska band that had a lot of appeal to, like, sort of, like, moderate Christian kids during the 90s. Like, because okay. Christian music is terrible. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really cheesy and corny and, like, bombastic and, like, very emotionally manipulative. Yeah. And, like, Fire Iron Frenzy, they were really fun and cool. And yeah. they were, like, riding a trend that was ongoing. They weren't behind the edge. Yeah. And then they were also, like, they were reasonably good, you know, for a ska band. And so it had this huge appeal where it was the first time for a lot of Christian kids you were like, holy shit, we have something that's good. We have something that's culturally relevant. Yep. You know, and, and, and Five Iron, you know, which is, no one says, everyone says Five Iron. That's how you know you're him. Oh, okay. They had like calling Dave Matthews. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Exactly. They have this huge reputation among like, like kids who grew up in moderate Christian yeah. backgrounds in the mid 90s because this was like the one cool thing we had. Okay. You know, this is how like it's like it's it's like how um like British Iranians feel about like uh, Freddie Mercury, oh, where it's like that's our guy, that's our one guy, that, 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 we got him, he's ours. That's how yeah, it's like this intense sense of you know, and they were totally irrelevant on yeah. any kind of a mass level. But so me and Jeff came from this really similar background, and like we would like we worked on the same section of Trail, yeah. and we would like sing this song all the time, and we both knew it from the Five Iron. Not from ELO. Not from ELO. So the reason this got into the bargaining territory of of the the thing for me was that there was this sort of like, I was just sort of feeling like I can just negotiate a new life. I can just negotiate a new life. You know, like I can just like, I'm someone else now. You know, like I I, I was just like, I have these other things I can be. You know, and and it was this sort of. I, after I got done working for AmeriCorps, I immediately went back into doing trail work. Yeah. So it was this sort of like I am going to cut and run. This kind of like, not even in like a denial or anger kind of way, yeah. but it was just this sort of like. It was this sort of like. I'm young. I'm cool. I can just change identities. You know. Yeah. And and that, that's actually been like a very big driving theme in my life. Is that like. I've gotten very good at interjecting myself into scenes, sort of, yeah. into groups, into like kind of like identities, but yeah. like not not like I was never like a, I was never like goth or punk or anything sure. because that that always struck me as being too desperate. But I would like see a group of people that were doing something I wanted to do. I, I would I would got really good at like seeing a group of people who were doing something that I wanted to do, and yep. then I would just kind of like sideways shuffle into the room, okay, you know, and like put the work in, try to be yeah, good at yeah. it, you know, like you know, and I, it was because because you know, especially for me at that time, it was like you know, college had been such a failure for me, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I you know I'm only two years out of college at this point, and it was just such a disaster, and yeah. I can't find work, mm-hmm. you know, no one wanted to date me, no one wanted to be my friends, the sure. only people who I really had left were like my townie friends up in Shoreline. And a lot of them were moving away or fucking dying. So for me, that song was this kind of thing where it started, you know, when I was like hanging out with Jeff, I was just like, oh, yeah, I can just be a new person. I'm a new person. Not even like a new person, but it was just like, oh, there's parts.
parts of me that are, you know, is this yeah, kind of like, I can bring this forward. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk about this, but not that. Yeah. And like, you know, like I, I never talked about the fact that like, I, you know, like my best friend had died six months ago. Not my yeah. best friend. I always catch myself saying best friend. Cause it's, it's, it's a very retroactive thing. Yeah. Like when people say Michael Jackson is their favorite, <laughs> favorite artist. Yeah. There was a period in my life where I would say he was the person I hung out with the most about yeah. like a, a one year period. And yeah. then he was like a circle of people I would call like corporate really corporately my best friends. Sure. He was part of my like high school posse. Yeah. And I stayed in touch with him, uh, you know, uh, until after college, until his heroin addiction got so bad that I started actively avoiding him. Yeah. You know, after he stole your mom's wedding. ring. After, no, he didn't steal. my. Oh. He, he might. It's a complicated okay. story. There's there's more layer, levels to there's that because he had been at the house early. Anyway. OK. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to posthumously, sure. you know, put that's why I'm not naming any names okay. beyond like, the guy who's dead. But um, <laughs> it was. Yeah. So it was this sort of like I can just build like, you know, I can move past this. Mm-hmm. And then the joke of it was, was that when I got out of this, the, the CCC BCTP, um, and I, <laughs> I immediately just went back to fucking shoreline and living at my parents' house mm-hmm. because I was just like, I don't have anywhere else to fucking go. Yeah. Like I didn't have the ambition that a lot of, I didn't have the money. Cause I like, I knew a lot of guys who were like, Oh, I'm just going to move to California and stay put and wait for yeah. the new season. And I was like, I can't fucking do that. Damn. You know? Cause it was like, I didn't know how to start a fucking life over. It was, yeah. it was still the shit. Dick. I mean, it was times were better at this point. Cause mm-hmm. I, I remember I got back from California and, and I was like, okay, it's going to take me six months to find a job, blah, blah, sure. blah. I was trying to figure out like unemployment and stuff. And I got a job in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like this bullshit job, like unloading trucks. But I remember like literally sprinting between the truck yeah. and, and the, the loading dock. And they were like, what the hell are you running for? And I was like, well, my job. Yeah. It's crazy <laughs> that I have a job. You know, like we're all going to get fired at any second. I've got a bit of that in me too. Where yeah. Like people are like, why are you trying so hard? Yeah. Well, like, and, and then I also, I, I also developed a very strong sense of the inverse mm-hmm. where I would in between seasons where I was working for the trails. Uh, service the national park service yeah. i would get like bullshit whatever random jobs yep. and i would go to work for a company and be like yeah we're really excited to have you and like we have benefits and all this stuff and i was like yeah fuck you you're gonna fire me uh-huh. you know like i just wouldn't give a shit like i was just because i i was just like there's no level of yeah. work i can put in that will prevent this company from going bankrupt or firing me yeah and then so i developed this like weird sort of defeatism which mm-hmm. is anyone who knows me in person like yes. i have been fired a hilarious amount it's of times been, and just some of them rank so well but yeah, yes yeah I, that, that's such that's such a diversion in yes. down down this gross road of my life but so you know i got out of the park service and i was this sort of attempt to like I'm like what did i say like 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 it was the fucking military or something but yeah i was kind of going through this thing where i was like this is my job this is my gig this is what i'm living to mm-hmm. and i would spend like six months living and working in like really cool places doing yeah. really cool shit i'm literally spending my summers in the fucking california sierras like you know i got uh-huh. like firefighting helicopters going over my head and That's we're doing medical badass. evacuations. We're working with explosives and firefighters. You got to do boom, boom stuff. We got to do boom, boom oh. shit. I'm like, I'm sitting up in the mountains. I'm wearing like cut off jean shorts and no shirt with a bandolier of drill bits. And like, and I'm just like yoked <laughs> and just like thin and hot and have like a gross beard. I'm wearing like cool wraparound sunglasses and a uh-huh. bandana around my neck. I'm just imagining neck. Lieutenant Dangle. Yeah. Wood forest ranger Dangle. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, <laughs> just like i was fucking hard and i was doing all this cool shit and then i was just like coming home and just guys were being like yeah we're gonna smoke pot and like go uh, to bars and stuff and then and that's where the second the last the the oh wait no i screwed it up 
Oh, I accidentally clicked out of the playlist here, but this is where the last song, or no, this is where my depression song yeah. comes in. Which, by the way, I vehemently disagree with the whole five stages of grief oh, as no, a concept. It's completely outdated. It's yeah. outdated as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- th- so this was one I, the, the reason I picked this song is as depression. Mm-hmm. Is as many of and you what like, is it? This is the theme from Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> uh, because it was just this really like gross, depressing time in my life yeah. where I was just spending like six months doing awesome shit and then six months just like getting fired from jobs and living with my parents and just like you know and just like you know no one wanted to date me I didn't have any friends and it was just this like I'm just gonna stay home and watch anime you know it's like it's my early 20s so you and like you're on the anime train oh yeah well I mean especially Cowboy Bebop Cowboy Bebop I need to watch it you ever watch Cowboy Bebop jump in on anime yeah it's yeah yeah, Cowboy Bebop and like Miyazaki movies I mean I'm not like deep into anime like that's spirited away yeah that's very entry level I've never gotten into like Princess Mononoke I've never gotten into like the deep end of shit sure but like this is you know it was just this sort of like oh I'm 24 and I have money in my pocket and it's summer what should i do stay home and watch cowboy bebop (laughs) you know like save the money watch the bebop play a bunch of flash games you know (laughs) it was just like nothing i do fucking matters you know it's like i'm gonna get fired from the job i have i'm fucking you know like i'm literally watching like you know it's like every time i'm talking with my friends it's like someone else has died yeah and even if it was acquaintances you know it was just like and also the other thing was that like you know, it was like I was drifting away from a lot of like friends at the time. Sure. So that's that's around the time when I started drifting into doing stand up. Okay. Was because like how old were you? I now? was twenty six. No, okay. I was twenty seven actually. Right. Now I think about it, because I got fired and dumped on the same day. No, like a week apart. And yeah, and I was like, nah, I'll just do stand up. Yeah. You know, and like it was this very like cold time and like mm-hmm. physically cold time in my life. Yeah. You know, where I was just like living with my parents mm-hmm. and just like. You know, like working outside all the time, sure. and you know, just be like, I'm just gonna be inside and watch fucking anime. Yeah, you know, and 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 so I was just like, oh, this looks like fun. I'll do fucking stand up, and mm-hmm. that was like, a, that was like really weird to me because it was like the first time in my life where after you've been doing stand up for like two months, yeah, and you don't suck, uh-huh. eventually someone will <laughs> just text. Takes two months for most people. You yeah, freak, you fucking freak. Just yeah. so you know, yeah, you are a freak and you're very good at stand up. No, 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 not not being good at stand up, <laughs> oh, but after oh, you. Oh, been around stand-up for two months and yeah. you're not like you know like sending rape threats over twitter <laughs> then like people will be like hey we're having a party do you want to come true yeah oh, yeah. Is, yeah it is really easy to get a good social yeah and the, that's what i yeah. really liked about doing yeah. trail work and doing stand-up was that it was like these are just like, instant social scenes that as long as you meet like pretty low standards yeah. of like social functioning you're just like hey people you yeah. know who don't hate you automatically exactly you know and so like i showed up and like i wasn't good at stand-up at first but i was like a decent enough person that yeah. like people were like yeah there's a party going on cool yeah and it was yeah. like yeah you could come you can come to the halloween party that a hundred people are gonna be at and that was so great for me because mm-hmm. i was like then before that i would just been like staying home and being like i'm just gonna watch anime and jack off because like you know like yep. my friend is dead yeah. yeah and this was over this like two-year process <laughs> yeah um and so it's very yeah one second we gotta and then we gotta go back to the playlist so yeah i mean so that, i mean this is all over the period of like three years or something like yeah. that where because as anyone is anyone who has ever you know dealt with a long-term loss this, mm-hmm. there's this cycle of where you're like numb to the whole situation yep. and then you're living in the shit of that situation yes. and then that sort of peters out and then you're like oh shit this has radically changed me as a person and then 
it throws you again. Yep. Like, cause th- th- it was during this time, like when, when I started doing stand up, that I realized that like the way I had found out my, f- my friend had died had been over the phone. My friends called me on my phone because yeah. I was working at summer camp. And I realized that like I answer my phone on the first ring every time. And I respond really? to texts really quick because I was like, every time yeah. my phone rings, I have I'm always like, appreciated that some- about you. You yeah. respond to texts quite quick. Yeah. And, <laughs> and every time my phone rings I, or my phone buzzes, I'm yeah. like, someone's dead. Like that's the reflex that I have. Like yeah. my parents, I I'll, I've had literal times where I've screamed at my parents over the phone because they've been called and they've been like, Hey Andrew, um, how's it going? Uh, we just wanted to call. Oh, to the pacing. And I'm like, up. who's dead? Who's dead? <laughs> Is it Nana? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I've literally, oh. I've literally had times where my mom has sent me text messages being like, Hey, I would appreciate it if you gave me a call uh-huh. where I will literally like pull the car over to the side of the road and call, and call uh-huh. her and be like, what's going on? Tell me right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, and then you 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 realize yeah. that like this has radically changed you as a person. Yep. Like at the same time that I left to go work for the trails, uh, the, when I left to go to Turkey and trails, I had another friend mm-hmm. who she left to go work in Africa uh-huh. uh, and do some stuff. And we 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 got back into town at roughly the same time, about a year apart, and yeah. we were hanging out. And she was like, "You're a different fucking person. You're a <laughs> much different person for the better." She just said different. Okay. She just said different. And I was like, sure. You know, and like, that was also very weird for me because, you know, it was, it was very weird to have, because like all of my other friends had just been like, good time college drinking buddies. And here was someone who I was like very emotionally close with being like, you have been profoundly affected by something bad. You know, and I don't know. I never really asked for details on the whole situation, but it was and yeah, and it was such a weird thing where you're just like, oh shit, like I'm never going to go back to not freaking out every time my phone rings. <sighs> and and Do you, so you don't see that changing? Huh? You don't see that change? Has it gotten any better? It's gotten better, but I'm also yeah. just a, an anxious person by like, yeah. you know, by DNA. <laughs> I remember but, when we were living together, even just like we would say we're having like a wanted to have a house meeting and you'd be like, are we kicking someone out? Yeah, are, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. you kicking me out. Yeah, I'm, I'm a wild because I've also all the times I've been fired, I've just become a wildly paranoid person. <laughs> yes, I do. I do a joke on stage about how I hate it whenever anyone says we need to talk. Yeah, because we need to talk means you're fired. We're breaking up, or you have cancer. <laughs> like that's that's literally what it means. No one has ever said we need to talk, and it doesn't end with a breakup, a firing, yeah. or, or cancer. You know, yep. yeah, like we can just replace. I think we should see other people with we need to talk. Yes, you know. Yeah. So I, Completely. yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's yeah. Well, where was I with that line of thought? Getting into your acceptance song, or oh uh, yeah. yeah, well um. So like you know, looping back around on this whole like three four year cycle. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was this sort of like weird time where I was like. You know, you're just trying to like, you know, because also like when you get out of college, it's weird because there's like the whole thing when you're like you're in high school, you're like, I'm my own person. And yes. then you go to college and you're like, I'm going to make an identity. And then you're like, <laughs> and then you get out and then you're like, oh, I have to make an actual real identity. Yeah. And you just <laughs> not wa- just one from a movie. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. And at every single step, you watch other people get stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, you just watch people. It's like, you know, like fish ladders. It's sort of like that. And there's yeah. you, you just and you get like three leaps up on the fish ladder and you're you know you're looking back and you're just for anyone not in the forest service or from a wilderness state what's a fish ladder (laughs) a fish ladder is so uh when there is a dam or Uh other large obstacle in the way of uh the path of migratory salmon yes um so the salmon swim up the river to lay their eggs and die which is wildly depressing but also beautiful (laughs) uh they'll build something called a fish ladder which is basically like 
imagine a staircase of aquariums yeah, that they build next to the dam with the water kind of flowing over the top. Mm-hmm. So the fish can literally hop out of one aquarium into the next and then hop into the next one. So it's like literally a, a watery staircase. I wonder how many migrations it took for them to figure out. They're like, oh, so it's like a decathlon for us fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's so, hurdles. It's yeah. fish hurdles. You just watch. You're just always looking back and watching yeah. people spin at like one level lower than yeah. you. You know, and there was this big chunk of my time where I was like in denial. Like I was like, I would never talk about that shit. I would yeah. try to make myself be like, oh, I'm in the park shoes. I taught abroad. Like I'm this cool person. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, no, I'm a sta- you know, doing stand up and stuff. And it was always this like one level below me. And yeah. it wasn't until actually my one of my last seasons working for the Park Service, I was working in uh, Grand Teton National Park. Park Wyoming. and uh, Wyoming yeah, yeah, yeah which is uh, it was it actually kind of sucked because if any of you have ever been to Grand Teton National Park or Jackson Hole Wyoming yes. it is a town full of gorgeous ski bums and yes. billionaires yes I was the poorest <laughs> ugliest person in Jackson Hole by <laughs> so much it was insane yeah. the entire population of that town is like people who like no have like senators phone numbers yep. and then people who are like free spirit ski bums who are like I rock climb all summer and then ski all winter yep. and I somehow make like sixty thousand dollars a year doing this. I also this. have a modeling contract with Smith Optics. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like that kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But I was really close with someone else who was on the trail crew because a lot of t- there's these weird things that develop on trail crews where you're just like in these like gross cramped environments and mm-hmm. you'll you'll develop like a lot of like really close friendships that just like immediately dissipate. Yeah, they're like camp friends. Yeah, it's like camp friends, but then there's also there's also this weird thing in trail crew where, especially if you're doing a lot of backcountry work, where your life gets very compacted and like normal social rules break down. Uh-huh. Like th- this is such a this is such a random detour, but like yeah. I like th- th- it's so goofy how like you know how like there's the stereotype of like the dudes up in the mountains or whatever, and yeah. they're all like hella gay. Oh, oh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like the yeah. brokeback. Uh, yeah, like brokeback broke mountain conundrum. It's, yeah, it's all like it's 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 truer than you'd think in a way where like all of these rules break down where you're living in these like really yeah. intense environments. So like I would have times where I would literally sleep like a two man tent and there'd be like four guys in it. Yeah. And you would just be like, yo, of course we're spooning. It's, yeah. it's negative 10 degrees it's outside in the mountains. Yeah. Of course. Like I've like, it was super goofy like because like I literally have seen like all of my coworkers naked and like yep. watching like I like I've had times where like we've literally I've had women that I've dated and like something we did before we date was dig a hole and then both shit in it and bury it and it was just like Were that- you were dating this person? No, before Wait. I dated them, because oh. we were on trail crew together. Oh, we were on trail crew together. Okay, okay, okay. And like one of the big no-nos of trail crew is like you're not supposed to date people you you work with because yep. it just fucks with the whole dynamic. Yep, 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 yep. So like, and I'm very good at not dating people. So you just like you just become <laughs> totally asexual with people to yeah. the point where you're like. I got to take a shit. Give me your shovel. And then you dig yep. a hole and you go, and then they're like, <laughs> oh, and then they're like, well, d- don't fill in the hole yet. I need to shit in that oh. hole too. You know? And then, and then it's like, it's just not weird to you. Yeah. And then you get no, out of the mountains but, and take yeah. a shower and you're like, oh, you're hot. And like all of the emotions I repressed uh-huh. are fl- flooding in. But I had a lot of, you know, so I became really good friends with someone on my trail crew. And uh, while we were there, like her best friend was murdered in like a very similar, you know, in this crazy situation. And it really brought everything back for me because yeah. it was like someone else was grieving and then I was around that. And then I was just like, this was the first time I was talking with other people about it. Yeah. That, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, like she was like, yeah, I'm just like, it was kind of, I almost felt greedy in retrospect mm-hmm. because I was like, kind of like, 
I mean, like that, the, the the term is so cliched, but I was like so triggered by what was happening yeah. to her yeah. that I was well, like, you saw her in it, yeah, yeah, in the same way you and it was, were. Yeah, and were probably denying it similarly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. just yeah, and so like it was super goofy because like she, you know, like we'd be talking, and I would be like, oh, how's it going? And she'd be like, you know, I'm just trying to like get through, and I was like, yeah. I was up on last night crying and stuff, but I, everyone was really nice, and you know, everyone chipped in a little bit so I can you know go home for the funeral. How uh, how are you doing? I was like, my best friend died of a fucking heroin overdose. I never talked about it. With anybody, and I'm pretty sure he stole my mom's wedding ring, and it's like you know, and it would just like and like you just spilling out, and I was just like you know, and it was sort of like grief piggybacking, yeah. Uh, And and while that was going on, uh, I actually like really vividly remember this was I was hanging out at a party, and this song came on. It was like kind of like. It was this album, uh, uh, Come On, Feel the oh, Illinois. was so still, fucking good. And still, and it was this like, is like my depression album yeah. still to this day. And it day. was still on its like last legs of like organic popularity, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. It was not like Before yet. the Little Miss Sunshine wave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't like, oh no, this was well after that. Oh, think, okay, actually. never mind then, never mind. But yeah, this was like when this was like, I don't know, before it was like a classic, yes. when it was an album that was like still considered new or whatever. Okay. And it was... And this song like came on, and so the story that I had with this song is I literally deliberately did not listen to this song for years, even though I love this album. Because um, oh, Jacksonville by fucking Soup John Stevens. Yeah. So one of the things that had happened was uh, in what year was it? I don't know. It was like 2010 or so, about a year and a half before Luke died. Uh, we had there had been a big snowstorm come through Seattle, yeah. and I was home for winter break. And we ran out of pot. We couldn't get any pot. And none of the weed guys would deliver. Yeah. And we eventually, on like the third or fourth day of the storm, yeah. got our hands on some pot. And we were sitting outside on his back porch smoking. He had like a pat, like a swing out there that we would mm-hmm. smoke on a whole bunch. Yep. And his mom was out. He had like this mom who was just always fucking gone. And it was just super weird. He was yeah. a very much a latchkey kid. And we were just sitting back there and like playing this song mm-hmm. on like trying to play it like uh, like on his fucking speakers and shit. Yeah, and because he was always into all kinds of different music and stuff, and he knew all the cool shit. Yeah, and then, um, and yeah, and he, we were sitting on his back porch in a blizzard, and we're like playing this on yeah. the speakers. It's yeah. a really surreal moment. And then there was like this noise in the snow, and we like turned down the music, and. I was like, what the fuck is that sound? And uh-huh. it sounded, it literally sounded like someone was playing a calliope in the wind like a mile away. And so oh, we were like, is that the speakers? And we yeah. fucked with everything. And we were we were high and we were just being, it was very weird. But and you both heard it. We both heard okay. it. We were like, there's someone playing music somewhere yeah. in the blizzard. So me and him just walked through the blizzard yeah. and we kept hearing it and this was like one of the most like paranormal experiences yeah. of my life I was also wildly fucking high yes. at the time Still, you have a backup of evidence at yeah. least well yeah and I was just we were just walking through the fucking snow uh-huh. and we were like we were like, it's, it's coming from over there. It's, and we could always pinpoint where the sound, we agreed where it was coming yep. from every time we heard it. And it was this weird, like, childishly, like, magical thing yeah. that was like, It's like you know, trying to find the end of a rainbow. Yeah, it was like, yeah. try, in, in like a blizzard, yeah. you know. And we've, this took like, this was literally hours. We ended up like miles from his house. We were like, we have to get, this is not good. And you were yeah. still hearing it? Yeah. And we were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. And, no, we covered miles. We were like yeah. a mile from his house by yeah. the time it ended and it was just this we like we ran into other people on the way and they said they could hear it too and it was this weird like cast of characters and we got back and we were like man that was a fun adventure and then he fucking died 
you know. And so I always associated this yeah. song with this weird moment that like was so magical. And like, yeah. no, I'm the only one who remembers it. I'm the oh. only one who's left with that, you know. And Wild. like, I looked back on all the people I knew. Yeah. It was like I was hanging out with at the time, and I was like, he was the only person who would have followed that sound into the snow. Yeah, that I know, you know. Uh-huh. And so for years, I just never listened to this song because it yeah. was this like I could see that. huge association with this one crazy moment, Wild. you know. And then so it just kind of came on at this party, and I was just kind of like. And I deliberately never, like, whenever I would listen to this album, I would always skip, skip this it. song yeah. or whatever. Or, like, if it came on the radio, which it never fucking does. No, but I would, like, yeah. you know, it came on once on KEXP and I, like, fucking turned it off. Oh, yeah, you grew you up know? KEXP. Yeah, because yeah. I'm cool. I'm from yeah. Seattle. You fucking foreigners. Price, and foreigners are first people from California. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, pricing us out of our own goddamn mother's homes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so it was this weird sort of, like, it was, like, that was, that was, like, that was like you know like when Darth Vader walks in and at the end yeah, yeah. no the, or, when, oh. whenever Darth Vader walks on screen they have his theme yes. like this was like the sound I associated with a person yeah and the first time I heard it again like three or so years after he died I was just kind of struck by how little it made me feel yeah like I think that like there's there's those you, you know those people who you can tell that like they learned how to have feelings from movies and television. And there was this weird kind of thing where I was like, huh, like this isn't the end credits of the movie. The first time I heard this song, Mm -hmm. it's like, this isn't credits roll. I'm not fine. Yeah. I haven't learned anything, you know, like I'm not like, I didn't hit the girl, you know, the the, the credits just fucking, you know, and I'm like, I'm still living my life and he's fucking not, you know? And it was this weird kind of feeling where, you know, like, Acceptance is this weird double-edged sword where, uh-huh. like, there was a lot of times when I was, like, when it was still more raw that motivated me to a lot of stuff. And it was this kind of thing where I was like, I have to change stuff. I'm cutting yep. this out of my life. I'm going here. I'm doing this. It's like the Dewey Cox, like, gotta be double great for the both yeah, of us. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, and then, wait, we gotta make sure it doesn't play the whole thing. Um, and then, and then, um, yeah, be, yeah, um... Oh, you got to film with that. Yeah. Oh, wait. And then, okay, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so it was this weird kind of thing where you're just like, oh, I guess I'm just a different person. You know, it was, it was like this much more ambiguous well, yeah. sense of like acceptance. And that's what acceptance is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> is that like for so many, like it's when you look at like the, when they, we, I think one of the reasons why the whole five cycle, five stages of yeah. grief, it, which is, you know, been scientifically disvalid and, and everyone who's yes. experienced grief knows it's Doesn't utterly it. bullshit. It's yes. not real. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the reasons why I think it's become so popular is that it's it says this ends with acceptance. Yes. Is that it deliberately says this ends with acceptance. Yeah. And so that's the appeal of it mm-hmm. is it gives it's literally like the it's it gives you a character arc and a journey. Yeah. And then it ends with the fucking credits oh, roll better. Yeah. But that's not true. <laughs> you know, like I uh, on my podcast, Kings of Democracy, please check it out. Yeah. Uh, I was researching an episode we're going to be doing about Japanese internment. Uh-huh. And uh, I was there, you know, I was reading about uh, during the, the legal battle over paying reparations to mm-hmm. Japanese internment. How many of the people who testified against paying reparations to 
Japanese internees were just women whose husbands or sons had died in World War II. And they would literally just show up with these things. They'd be like, the reason you shouldn't pay, you know, the reason you shouldn't pay George Takei $5,000 for spending, you know, kindergarten through first grade in fucking Manzanar is because my son died on Iwo Jima. And these are two. That's a false equivalency. It's an incredibly false equivalent. (laughs) But it gives you this promise of like, it's this kind of thing where it's like, if you never let that legitimately Mm -hmm. die, you can still that death can carry so much weight with it and it can remain important, Mm -hmm. you know? So for those people, it was like my husband's death as a soldier, I can, my life can have meaning because I can defend the integrity of that. And that somehow sort of like keeps them alive and perfect. And in like this other little sphere. And then, you know, you never, and that's one of the things is that when you accept things, you move on. Yeah. You're no longer like, I'm going to stay home all day and masturbate and watch Cowboy Bebop and get high <laughs> because I can't deal with the fact that like one of my really good friends died and yeah. I have no direction in life and I failed at all of this bullshit all yeah. at the same time, you know? And so that's that was that was kind of like what that was for mm-hmm. me was just this sort of like coming home and just being like, well... Okay. Yeah. You know, like we're starting over, but we're starting <laughs> over this time from a flatter table. You if, know, if anything, acceptance isn't the end credits; it's the beginning credits when yeah. you actually start to get back to shit. Yeah, the grief takes you out of your living. Yeah. and everything to the point where it's like, oh, when you hit acceptance, you're like, oh. I cannot smoke weed and like you're saying, jerk yeah. off all day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're just yep, like, yep, yep. and I still have very much on occasion done that shit where yes. I'm just like, oh, it's good. now I just don't smoke weed anymore because it's, <laughs> it's it's no longer cool to smoke yeah. weed. It's no longer it's fun. legal. I know you can't base a personality around it anymore. I did for yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was yeah. I mean, it was this really. It's this very weird kind of thing where it's mm-hmm. like, I, I've seen people like, and you you know people who take like. How do you say it without sounding like a fucking dick? Is that like a lot of the times there's like, you know, because we do stand up, right? Yeah. And there's so many people whose shtick and gimmick is they're the anxious, depressed comic. Uh, and yeah, I it, tried that shtick for a minute. And like, it drives <laughs> me fucking wild because not to like delegitimize what people are feeling. No. But like, a lot of the times you can end up with your, the shittiest things that happen to you becoming your personality mm-hmm. because. I mean, that's something that a can't be criticized and B gives you this sort of edge of dark realism, you know? And, and, and so like, I, I, I kind of was like for a like a while I was like, I can wear this on my sleeve and I can be like, you know, I can be this guy who like all my friends are dead, you know? And that, that could be like the thing that I am. And then I was like, that's bullshit. Cause you only had one really good friend die. And then only I later, I later actually had another, another actually very recently had another friend die of Mm -hmm. heroin associated causes. Um, but some, because I, I kind of had to cut her out of my life because of her fucking heroin use and it didn't really come as a surprise. This, This was like a year ago at this point, but it was just sort of like this weird thing that like, I just sort of jumped over. It was like this pitfall in life yeah. that I just jumped over and then spent like five years watching people fall in, Ooh. you know? Ugh. And, and, yeah. and I think that's like, you know, like, like those women who like their husbands died in world war two sure. and they're like, how dare you slander the honor of my hus- husband mm-hmm. by inferring that America was racist to Japanese during <laughs> world war two is like, it's the same thing as being the guy who's like, Oh, I was a loser in high school. So I will fight very hard to, continue to be a loser until yeah. in my thirties, yeah. you know, to, to push that <laughs> along. And then, I mean, like in Seattle, you will have like, I've literally seen comics get it. Like I, I saw a comic get up once and I, I did. Well, I did a joke once about, um, 
I think the awkwardest thing about surviving a suicide attempt would be trying to get all the stuff you gave to people back. to remember you by back. <laughs> and then I did that joke. And then this guy like literally tried to depression flex on me. And like, that was really the end credits moment for yeah. me where I was like, fuck that guy. Cause I never like tried to kill myself or anything, but it was a joke that I had like, it was a joke that like, because uh, uh, Nietzsche once said that uh -huh. uh, every man has spent a night comforting himself with the thought of suicide. Yes. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, yeah, man, I'll give all my fucking CDs away and everyone will be so sad. It'll yeah. be awesome. Where it's you like, know? yeah, the people who are like, so like stuck in depression and have made it their personality where like, yeah. I guess you hadn't tried to kill yourself, but you had thought about it. A well, no, it wasn't amount. like thinking. Like, it was literally just like, it was like, to, be, to, to quote you another just joke. making fun of depressed people. It was like that Louis C.K bit where he's talking about like maybe one day I'll die it'll be so like I'll just you know, like I'll drown in a really great yeah you know yeah like that kind of a thing where I'm just sitting there being like everyone's gonna be so mad that you know like yeah. it wasn't a real thing but yeah. then I was like but I very easily could have made it because like just as much as there's like a hero fantasy there's like a martyr fantasy yeah you know no, I was trying I was running yeah. a new bit about that yeah. uh, on Friday about how like I wouldn't ever kill myself but I'd love to die for a cause yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. and and so and it was this kind of thing where I was just sort of like I was so glad that like I I was just like so glad that I was like I was able to navigate this whole thing without mm -hmm. it becoming this like defining thing characteristic you know yeah, yeah this like thing that I like because you know I like really don't talk about it all that much sure. in, in the last couple of years like yeah. I remember <laughs> I had one time there was someone I, I dated for a non-trivial amount of time yeah who um we were like looking through Facebook pictures you know, she was like, we were talking about like embarrassing photos from yeah. like college. And there was a picture and she was like, oh, who's that guy making the funny face with you? And I was like, oh, it's my friend Luke. And like, what happened with him? Like, oh, he's fucking dead. <laughs> you know, like because she had met some of my other friends yeah. and stuff. And I was like, I didn't even say she's I didn't even say he's fucking dead. I just said like, oh, he passed away. And yeah. she was like, oh, and I was like, yep, moving on. Moving yeah, on. yeah, because I was just, <laughs> you know, there was this kind of like, I'm just not, you know. Cause it's just like you, the more you bear, it's like you just bury something into you. I don't yeah. know. It's kind of a long rambling way of saying that. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it, I don't, I don't really know what the lesson is. I'm, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, I'm a, I'm not, it doesn't even, always have to be. A I lesson. was about to say, I'm, why do you listen to me for? I'm a comedian. But then I was saying, that's what comedians say when they want someone to listen yeah. to them. <laughs> and then also I'm not a very good comedian. You um, shut up. Well, I'm not a very popular comedian. Yeah. And then, so this is the song that I, I wanted to have played at my funeral. Yeah. And by played at my funeral, I just mean I want everyone to sing this song, but the rules are you can't be good at it. This is this is the Mennonite women's choir <laughs> singing Amazing Grace. And it, they're in like a weird looking church and they're all wearing like creepy prairie dresses. <laughs> you hear that? They don't hit the note all the way. Yeah. Like this is this is just totally derailing the conversation. Yes. But like I've always really loved sort of like how would I even put it? Like the ugly the ugly things that like democracy brings to you and I don't even I don't even mean okay, like I don't even mean like political democracy <laughs> yeah. I just sort of mean like human democracy sure. like I grew up going to church all the time like yeah. every Sunday and I still go and it always kind of drove me crazy there's in every church there's always one person who's way better at singing than everyone and they're like <laughs> doing the solos and hitting the high notes yeah but for me like the sound of church is this is a large group of like 
people who are on aggregate practiced <laughs> missing the notes, but like they're singing it. They're not good enough to be in the yeah. taped American Idol, and exactly. they're not bad enough to be in it either. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's this kind of like very rough-edged, beautiful humanness to it. Where it, I originally wanted to send you uh, this recording I found of like an Amish hymn that's like incredibly like weird and creepy and jarring, but I was like, I don't actually want that played at my funeral. <laughs> this weird like uh, Pennsylvania Dutch like okay. song that ha- like the title is like, Oh God, I can't wait until I die and sit on your lap, <laughs> like that kind of stuff, you know. I can't wait till we raise the barn and it falls on me and I get to meet our eternal Lord. <laughs> yeah, like yes. that kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh Christ, none art stronger than thou except for thine father who, who picks you up above the quicksand. Yeah. Oh my like, God. Stuff that doesn't translate well from German. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, so like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I've always particularly liked Amazing Grace as a song because mm-hmm. I very much believe that there's strength in repetition of something. Sure. And so like, Amazing Grace has been sung like I would not be surprised if since Amazing Grace became popular there has not been a stretch where someone on earth was continuously singing it. Like you yeah. know when you're listening to the radio, <laughs> you're like flipping through the radio and yeah. one oldie station is playing Rocket Man and then mm-hmm. another oldie station is like halfway through Rocket yeah. Man. I would not be surprised if there had never a been a second loop. Oh yeah, of of people singing this song. Yeah, you know, it would be, yeah, if it were this song, if it were any song, it would probably be one like this. Yeah, it would yeah. be one like this, or like I, I don't know what else. But, I mean, yeah, name a song from the 1840s yeah, that's still yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, and so this is just like this song that's just been like grafted onto like every conceivable human event. Yeah, you know, like I've literally been in circumstances that have like just people have spontaneously started singing this song. This one just falls into your head. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, and it's it's just. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's why I picked it is it's just sort of like there's this weird sort of like I got to pause that there yeah. where it's yeah, it's like this is just like a very human thing. And mm-hmm. like, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, when I die, I want you to play like, you know, fucking something like I, why you like, low rider li- by ZZ Top. Yeah, I literally yeah, I can't know. think of a fucking song. <laughs> yeah. but it was like that's a song that was funeral like, by band of horses. Yeah. And it was like someone sat down in a studio and there was like all this knob twiddling and stuff. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying there's not like emotion and value behind that, no. but it's it's far more calculated and not even like in a cynical yeah. way. Well, that's why I like to like uh, this is a very niche reference, but the songs of Burt Backrack, my opinion is they are performed best by him because he can't sing. Yeah. And so yeah, you can yeah. hear like when his voice cracks and he goes for the note and he can't quite yeah. do it. And it's like Dusty Springfield just fucking sings it all hot and sexy. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, here's the emotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why Bob Dylan was so good mm-hmm. is that you really got the impression that like the like every recording of a Bob Dylan song up until like, yeah, pretty much like up until it like fucking went electric or whatever. Yeah. Even then you really always got the impression that this was the first and only time he had ever played that song. Yeah. You know, and that was, he was able to sell it in that very kind of human unrehearsed way. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've always really had like a weakness for, for, uh, the, the and and this is such a fucking pretentious sentence, but like <laughs> sort of like it, vernacular folk music. Yeah, and I don't even mean folk like folk music today means like mandolins and acoustic yeah. guitars. But I Chris mean Thiele's like there. yeah, like mm-hmm. the raw stuff that just bubbles out of people. It's why I like shitty mixtapes. Yeah. It's why I like the guy on the corner who's selling you a mixtape because that's literally just like what's bubbling up from the street. Like stand up yeah. is a vernacular folk art. Sure. People are just doing this on their own. It's not like fucking poetry where it's dependent on grammar 
grant mm -hmm. or theater where it's just this gross like thing that we allow some people to do with grant money and we have to build theaters and art space yes. for it. Or you're like sculpture, you know, all no, those just throw a mic up in a bar and go. Yeah. There's all of these art forms like to a let, you know, jazz, theater, sculpture, poetry sure. that are dead and they're mm -hmm. preserved in museums and they really have no real vital public function. Yeah. But the artistic overclass decides these things are important because they're disconnected from things they don't like. Yeah. They're, they're more sanitized. Okay. But like stand-up, monster truck rallies, <laughs> uh, pole dancing, uh, you know, like church music, mixtapes, garage bands, like DJs, that's that's vernacular folk art. That literally is ver like... Uh, uh, monster trucks being in there. Yeah, like, like this one thing that yeah. I fucking hate is like the really nice graffiti murals that go mm -hmm. up. And like that's that kind of weird attempt to like astroturf, like we're a vibrant city and it's yeah. like no the people who invented graffiti were like 14 year old teenagers who were on like fucking pills in the yeah. 70s who were like <laughs> if i write my name on the chrysler building that means i own it you know like that's where that came from yeah. and there's this kind of like gross raw human beauty in that mm -hmm. that the artistic you know overclass the the arbiters kind of want to save down and sand off yeah and that's why you know that's why i really like groups like five iron is that that really meant something to mm -hmm. me in that moment and it's something that never really fit into a narrative like yeah. there's a lot of that stuff's never going to make the books of what was important music because sure. it doesn't meet those you know requirements of like how when we look back on the past what we consider important yeah you know like, that's why Joe Rogan, bringing it back in a loop. Joe Rogan, <laughs> if, you know, 30 years from now, no one's going to be talking about Joe Rogan. He's going to be written out of the history textbooks. Yep. Or if he is, it's going to be mentioned very offhand. Even though he was hugely influential mm -hmm. in his day, he's not going to be in a way we want to look back on sure. and talk about. He doesn't fit the narrative we're trying to, you know, we assemble for ourselves yeah. retrospectively, mm -hmm. you know. So that's that's my very long diversion into <laughs> saying that, like, there's a very kind of, like, immediacy to something as rooted in people's actual like hearts and emotions is like amazing grace yeah. that just really can't be touched by any other song Fuck you that. know so that's that's like that. that's an incredibly long-winded <laughs> way of saying that poetry is dead <laughs> theater is bullshit and the only real art forms are stand-up monster trucks strippers <laughs> and mixtapes and then like uh rural mormon choirs that are bad at singing singing <laughs> if i should hide to collab god damn it. that's the that's the real art that's of america that's the real art in america these yeah, days yeah <laughs> well fucking a man yeah thank you so much for coming by yeah. the studio today can i shamelessly promote my shit uh yeah you can i'll throw plugs in oh, for okay. fresh you, dates you, you too do if stuff. you want okay wait uh, should i just do it now yeah do and some then, now okay your yeah, podcast. Uh, What's your podcast called? Tell me about your podcast. <laughs> I actually literally earlier today was thinking because the uh, Jacksonville song has a reference to the big wheel uh, in it. There's like lyrically, he says, give us the wheel, give us the wine. And yeah. I was going to ask you if that was cheese because he had like the whole. Oh, I don't really know. Yeah. He had like a whole thing where you could eat cheese with him and ask him a question when he was president. I don't know. But I thought in That's my actually mind, probably makes sense. I think it yeah, is. Yeah. But that I was like. Of all of my friends, I love being around you because you're like a Pokedex for history. <laughs> and then I just realized that that's literally a history book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, talk to Soof John. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Now, speaking, if you want more about me rambling on about how monster trucks are <laughs> are the true poetry in America... Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and that, uh, the concept of, uh, <laughs> what am I, this is just me mad that my standup career didn't take <laughs> off and just ranting about how fucking standup is an actual pure art form and mm -hmm. jazz is kept alive by the fucking 
55-year-old trophy wives of people who control arts nonprofits. What? I said it. If you want more hot takes like that, please check out my podcast, Kings of Democracy, uh, where we explore the people, places, and things that make uh, America what it is today. Right? When is this coming out? Uh, undetermined at this point. Okay. Yes. Well, that's it, why I'll do fresh plugs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we do like, we do stuff. We talk about like where Walmart came from mm-hmm. or like, what's up with Navy SEALs? How, wh- where do they come from? How do you actually run for president? What's yeah. being on death row? Like we explore that stuff. We are, uh, we're very, we're really cool. Don't worry. We're not like, we do have a flag in our logo, but we're not nationalist <laughs> and we're not like grossly woke and only going to talk about that stuff. Sure. We're, we're, we're brut- trying to ride the line. We're brutally centrist post woke, as we like <laughs> to call it. Full of full of all kinds of edge centrism and dark feminism. Oh, great. So check out that podcast. Kings of Democracy comes out every Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, thanks for coming by, man. Yeah. Play Me Out is a self-produced podcast by Henry Russell Stoddard. If you like this week's guest, be sure to check Andrew out on Instagram at Kings of Democracy. Intro music by Lincoln Loot. And be sure to check out our Spotify playlist, which is updated weekly with each episode's songs. Until next week, goodbye.